Today on the Sunshine Economy, the home insurance market is broken, with companies collapsing or leaving Florida, raising costs and risks for homeowners. Florida's going to have high rates, period. We're not going to be the lowest insurance rate in the country. We're just not. I'm Tom Hudson. Lawmakers hope to try to find fixes for Florida's troubled home insurance market. Property insurance rates are skyrocketing, and Florida lawmakers promise action. Something needs to change, and I think it starts with getting something uh, out the legislature doors that provides some kind of meaningful improvement. It's ahead on the Sunshine Economy. Welcome to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening. I'd like you to meet Jason. He's a successful lawyer and real estate investor. He bought a four-bedroom condominium earlier this year for his family, his wife, and two children. They're going to be moving into it by this summer. And I just priced out my own condo policy, and I was floored. Jason has owned Florida property before, so he has experience shopping for and buying home insurance. This time, there was no shopping, though. He had one offer to cover his condominium. It was from the state-backed insurer, Citizens. Citizens is supposed to be the insurer of last resort. But for Jason and tens of thousands of Floridians, Citizens is the insurer of only resort. It's it's hard to stomach, and I think I I can afford it, thank goodness, but it's just not sustainable. Jason's tab to insure his new condominium, almost $26,000 for one year. Man, it's it's a big chunk of money for um, for that space. Jason is a sophisticated, informed insurance consumer. He's not only a real estate investor and lawyer, he's a state lawmaker. This is Jason Pizzo, Florida State Senate, District 38, representing Northeast Miami-Dade County. He and his fellow legislators are back in Tallahassee this week to tackle what Pizzo and thousands of Florida home and condominium owners are experiencing, the sharply escalating price of home insurance. My policy is going to be about exactly what I make as a state senator, just to cover the condo policy, just for the year. That's what the premium is going to be. Pizzo has the financial resources to pay his insurance premium. But increasingly, Florida homeowner budgets are being squeezed with fewer insurance choices, surging costs, and in some cases, less coverage. Florida's property insurance market is collapsing. This is Mark Freelander. He's the director of corporate communications with the Insurance Information Institute. He lives in northeast Florida near Jacksonville. That's the best way we could describe it. It is a mess beyond proportions. In the past three months, three insurance companies have been declared insolvent. Another is canceling more than 68,000 insurance policies. The Florida Office of Insurance Regulation approved the drastic move because of the financial fallout if the company was forced to protect those homes. Just last week, state insurance regulators heard from three more insurance companies asking to increase their rates between 23 to 48 percent. As lawmakers gather for a special session this week, there is universal agreement. The Florida property insurance market is broken. But why and how can it be fixed? Stop the roof fraud schemes. And what we have, especially in a condo setting, is an exacerbation of deferred maintenance. Somebody, may not, maybe not the entire public, but someone gets to see the books of insurance companies. A lot of people think that it's 
hurricane exposure. The insurance companies are going to argue that it's the trial lawyers. Stop the runaway litigation and the one-way attorney fees. Well, I would say that it really started to escalate back in uh, maybe five, six years ago with the uh, rise of litigation costs, Uh, you know, assignment of benefits. One of the things that they can start looking at is creating increased access to the hurricane catastrophe fund. Predatory uh, roofing contractors knocking on people's doors saying we can get you a roof. With the COVID pandemic came cost of repair increases due to inflation and supply chain issues. Anytime the legislature takes action, you'll always see kind of a little dip. You know, we'll make some adjustments and then the, the numbers go right back up. I would say that it's a perfect storm. It's not just one thing. It's a variety of things. Those are the voices of a lawmaker, a state consumer advocate and insurance industry experts. Late Friday, less than one business day from the beginning of the legislature's special session, three bills were filed, finally revealing the likely priorities of what's to come. The special session is expected to last three to five days in order for lawmakers to answer calls to reform the home insurance market in hopes of at least slowing down accelerating price hikes. Two of the bills come from the Republican chairman of the Senate Banking and Insurance Committee. One would put new limits on attorney fees, allow insurers to offer homeowners a separate deductible for roofs, and ban an insurance company from turning down a homeowner just because their roof is less than 15 years old. A second bill creates a new insurance fund for insurance companies, essentially using state taxpayer money to provide reinsurance in hopes of bringing down the cost of insurance for insurance companies. These bills come after the state's chief financial officer, the top financial regulator in Florida, announced a series of efforts to crack down on insurance fraud. Before these efforts were announced, Chris Draghi called the Florida property insurance market troubled. That may sound like an understatement to homeowners facing huge premium increases or getting dropped by their insurance carriers, but it is a strong statement in Draghi's line of work. He's an analyst with AM Best. It's a credit rating agency for insurance companies. Think of it as a credit score for insurers. In early May, Draghi wrote a report about Florida with headlines like, Market conditions remain difficult, insurer casualties continue, and legislative efforts have stalled. How bad is it in Florida? Well, you know, the situation is not great. How long have they been not great? Well, I would say that it really started to escalate back in uh, maybe five, six years ago with the uh, rise of litigation costs that have been impacting Florida. You know, a lot of people think that it's hurricane exposure that's at the top of the mind for everybody. And hurricanes really started to have a more material impact in 2017 and 18 with Irma and Michael coming through. But the hurdles for the insurers actually started ahead of that, if you ask me, you know, back back when um, litigation became, started to become more prevalent and still remains prevalent today. How do you describe the litigation environment when it comes to property insurance in Florida compared to other places you're familiar with? Well, hi- highly active. The majority of litigation related to the property claims is coming from Florida itself. Where is the litigiousness happening in Florida, geographically speaking? Uh, geographically, it's been more prominent in the southeast, you know, in that tri-county area of the state. Um, it's spread. It has spread more more north in the central parts, uh, but it really started there in the southeast. And what's the type of litigation are we talking about here? Uh, those, those would be claims that are in dispute. So part of what's going on is uh, some fraudulent behavior that's uh, where contractors are soliciting claims, 
that they see. It started kind of out with, with water losses and now tra transitioned to more roof activity. But nonetheless, the, the gist of it is that there are claims sitting out there that a contractor has, in, in essence, solicited, done repair work. And in some cases, the repair work has not been uh, inspected or prior to the repair, the insurance company has not been given an opportunity to inspect the claim properly. And then are provided a bill and, re and with contractors requesting reimbursement for these bills. And they're left having to make the decision on whether or not they will fight this this claim because perhaps services that were rendered were unjustified or to pay it themselves so you know that that in and of itself has led insurers to start to push back and you know argue against some of these claim costs because it is increasing severity and ultimately hurting their bottom lines how has COVID? how has the pandemic affected the property insurance market in florida well you know that's only proved to complicate matters further, you know, with, with the COVID pandemic came cost of repair increases due to inflation and supply chain issues. So prolonging the, the completion of the repair work, which only adds costs to the insurers. So overall, it's, it's been a, a negative impact, if you will, just kind of exacerbating the situation at hand. In a report this month, you wrote, quote, in what appears to be a replication of actions taken a decade ago, national carriers have also started to retrench. Explain what you mean by that. Well, a decade ago, you know, Florida was hit with a number of hurricanes between 2004 and 2005, which, you know, was kind of a, a reminder of the elevated risk that sits within the state when it comes to hurricanes. You know, it's something that's ever present. It's, it's always there and companies need to plan for it. And it's difficult to get the appropriate pricing for insurance products in that environment. So post that period, we saw some national carriers retrench, pull back a little bit from the state. And now we're kind of seeing that again, you know, with all the issues that are going on, there have been some announcements in the news with the national carriers redefining their appetites and underwriting guidelines for Florida, becoming a little bit stricter and more selective. Who's making the money? Who's profiting from this? You know, that's that's a great question. And, you know, uh, following the Florida companies, uh, they still continue to have a challenging environment to produce profits. So even with all these dramatic rate increases, it's, it's still a, a challenging environment for insurers. You know, that just goes to show that there, there still is rate need there. That rate need has been created by the elevated costs associated with doing business in Florida, be it through these fraudulent and litigious nature of the, of the market that has been driving up severity and in some cases frequency. Also, there's been more frequent activity of secondary perils, secondary perils being those weather events that are not severe enough to be considered a hurricane, but nonetheless still cause a material amount of damage. You know, and then coupled with that, insurers are being pressured uh, by rising costs of reinsurance, reinsurance essentially being insurance for the insurers. So they pay, you know, uh, a certain amount of premium to reinsurers to limit the amount of shock loss that could develop from a cat loss, a catastrophe event. And that cost has gone up, you know, namely because of everything that we've been talking about that has just been driving up the overall loss of verity. Chris, do you see any brighter days ahead for Florida 
homeowners and the cost of insuring their property? You know, I, I would say that there's a certain number of parties or a good number of parties that are, are you know, advocating for change. And, you know, I'm hopeful that those voices can be heard. Uh, hopefully in this special session that comes up, something meaningful comes out of it. But I, I do feel that there needs to be change. I don't think it can stay the course as it is now um, and, and improve. Something needs to change. And I think it starts with getting something uh, out the legislative doors that provides some kind of meaningful improvement. As you view the property insurance market in the region of the United States that you pay close attention to, are homes in Florida quickly becoming uninsurable? Well, uninsurable, I think, is a strong word. Homes are in Florida are, as evidenced by premiums increasing, caught more becoming more costly to insure, and uh, the insurers within the market need to become more creative in how they mitigate that risk. Cost of reinsurance is rising, and if the cost of reinsurance is rising, they need to adjust how much risk they're putting themselves at, which translates again into reducing their appetite in some regards or charging more premium to offset the increased rate. So uninsurable, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say uninsurable, but I, I would say that it, it's, it's taking a little bit more grit these days to, to operate in the, in the state. Chris Draghi is an analyst with insurance credit rating agency AM Best. You are listening to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast by searching Sunshine Economy wherever you get your podcasts. Still to come, a member of the Senate committee where any property insurance reform effort will start. I think in the short term, if the insurance companies are praying for some sort of relief from litigation and we give that to them and there isn't a substantive reduction in premiums, you know, shame on us. I'm Tom Hudson. We're back on the Sunshine Economy here on WLRN. Thanks for listening. For years, Florida lawmakers chased after sinkholes. Then it was water damage from leaks. Then rules on homeowners signing over their insurance claims to contractors, so-called assignment of benefits. Each of these issues have been blamed in years past for driving up home and condominium property insurance in Florida. Regulators now point to how attorney fees are calculated and awarded when a homeowner sues over an insurance claim. Regulators also point to fraudulent roofing insurance claims. And then add the tragedy of Champlain Towers South. That was the beachside condominium building in Surfside that partially collapsed in June, killing 98 people. That happened in Jason Pizzo's state senate district. Pizzo is a Democrat who sits on the Senate Appropriations Committee, which is the first committee to consider property insurance reform proposals during the special legislative session this week. Why has Florida been unable to address skyrocketing insurance premiums? I think uh, across the board, as it relates to a a number of uh, residential concerns, whether they're condo or single family, there's been such a sort of bend over backwards incentive and uh, invitation to businesses statewide to do business here that it's come really at the sort of deferred fiduciary obligation that I think both legislators and, and, uh, and, and we have uh, to, to our citizens and to our residents uh, across the board. So put that in plain English. What do you, what do you, what are you trying to put your finger on there? Well, for instance, you know, I'm, and I'm of course biased both because I'm the only Senator in the Florida Senate who lives in a condo, for instance. Uh, so I'm 
obviously condo issues are incredibly uh, depressing to me and the insurance issues that, that surround those, but also to uh, my constituents in single family homes and other types of multifamily properties. And what we have, especially in a condo setting, is an exacerbation of deferred maintenance where the structural and cosmetic issues revolving around a building, whether it's the insurance liability or the property insurance or the actual condo policy itself, it's called an HO6, you know, and, and, and homes have another policy. Right. HO3 is a single family homeowner's general policy. So that tackles condominiums, right, in terms of deferred maintenance when you're living in a shared space, have shared walls, shared floors. What about in a single family market? On the, on the single family market, the insurance companies are going to argue that it's the trial lawyers, uh, you know, assignment of benefits. It's uh, predatory uh, roofing contractors knocking on people's doors saying we can get you a roof. Insurance companies are like, hold on a sec. You have to account for the fact that we have eight and a half percent inflation just on a, on, a, on a straight across the board. There's been an enhanced inflationary schedule of building materials. There's a lack of skilled labor when you go to replace all these things. Those are driving up the costs. And everyone on that side, including the Republicans on the other side of the aisle that we serve with, have argued that an overweight percentage of lawsuits on property claims nationwide are found in Florida. The number is always thrown out. that It's about 76, 77 percent of all property claims, you know, in a, in a litigious uh, setting are in Florida, while we only have eight or nine percent of the actual market. And that's completely overweight. And they would point to places like Texas and North Carolina that don't allow for homeowners to assign their benefits to, you know, to the adjuster and then to the contractor, and that that has worked for them. The governor's own proclamation, uh, the very first line calling for the special session speaks about tort reform. So it's squarely aimed at the attorneys that handle those. But the converse argument is the defense attorneys for the insurance companies do very well, too. That's one sort of position. And the others, of course, are some tough love measures that we probably should instill and require on insurance companies. For me, it's about transparency. It's always been the condo bills that I filed in years past have been about how did you get there? What's the metric? I'm not asking for anything proprietary, but I think that our 21,800,000 residents deserve to see how are you arriving at this, at, at this, at this rate? How are you arriving at this premium amount? And you get to see that with much greater transparency when you're pricing auto insurance. You don't get to see that on the homeowner side. What's your priority with this session regarding home insurance? My priority uh, was accelerated and amplified in the most tragic I told you so. And the very first day that followed the collapse of Champlain Towers was that insurance companies need to start pricing risk accordingly. Now, some have characterized it as insurance companies are going to be a backstop you know, to legislation that does or does not pass, whether it's condos and insurance, whatever it is. But for too long, and this is not sexy to talk about. I mean, it's like when I'm trying to push for infrastructure improvements and repairs on sanitary sewer lines, not something people want to campaign about, but it's necessary, is that for so long that these premiums have been, on, on condos specifically, artificially suppressed. On homes, I just don't think that they were priced accordingly what are the exclusions? What is included? What, you know, how are things characterized? It's unfair, I would argue, and it's difficult at a time of almost like pleasant duress. If you're, a, a, if you're purchasing a home, you have all of these closing costs and all of this complicated things going on. And when you're pricing out things, you're not asking for the most inclusive, expensive policy you can possibly find. You're probably trying to satisfy your lender. 
and you don't realize what's excluded. But the postmortem on some of these, you know, properties that we see, and we go and we grab these policies, they've excluded everything except for a particular meteor that comes from a different, far off galaxy. Yeah, yeah, you're exaggerating just a little bit there, Senator. But a I, bit, yes, I understand yes. the intent of uh, of what you're saying there. But back to the priorities here. Uh, what role do lawmakers have then in managing the insurance marketplace for? homeowners and condominium owners so that there are market rates, competition, and a balance between price and coverage? I think the state has a compelling interest to intervene and set mandates and requirements when things can amount to life safety issues. I am, you know, admittedly and candidly, I believe in the marketplace. I believe in a competitive market can drive down prices, especially when there's, you know, uh, when there's a level playing field, I think the government does have a duty to intervene and a compelling interest to intervene when some of these deferred maintenance issues or lack of adequate coverage uh, is involved with multifamily or, or condo properties. On a single family home, it is nearly impossible uh, over years past to convince my colleagues, not just me, but, but others that have come from my area or district uh, that's more sort of the, the higher concentration and density of, of, uh, than more of the rural communities that some of my colleagues live in. But no one's going to tell one of my colleagues who lives in a single family house on five acres how much they have to put away in a rainy day fund and what they're required to have in a savings account for replacement and repair in the future. And that's that's their sort of mindset and philosophy of where they're coming from in an election year. Uh, frankly, you know, I said very early and it just it is what it is. It was not a slight or or being snarky, but the governor has little appetite to uh, exert his influence on any of these changes, especially if there's a cost associated with it. What about a savings associated to it for Florida homeowners if there are reforms that you and your lawmakers agree to in the next several days? If objectively the data points that the increase in premiums are almost entirely or, or substantively associated with litigation costs, then, th- then we need to act. And if it needs to curb the access for frivolous, what have been characterized as for frivolous lawsuits, if they amount to exorbitant you know, litigation fees on either side, plaintiff or defendant, over disputes that are de minimis compared to what the litigation costs are, then I'll be on board. I just need it to be qualified. If there are savings, well, it's going to take some time for any savings or any move in premium amounts to react and reflect what we pass in session, whether it's 30 days, whether it's 60 days, whether it's 90 days, I will tell you whatever it is that we do, they'll pick the the least sympathetic audience. In this case, it's going to be the trial bar. And they'll point to that they made those substantive changes and the election will have come and gone. uh, And and, and there you are. But do you think it'll have any material long-lasting effect on the home insurance and condominium insurance market in Florida? I think in the short term, if the insurance companies are praying for some sort of relief from litigation and we give that to, to them and there isn't a substantive reduction in premiums, you know, shame on us. Can that be reflected in the legislation itself? It can, because if we if the bar is set higher to file, the if we preclude, if we say, listen, Uh, there are X number of thousands of lawsuits. And if we pass this legislation with these requirements and mandates from all parties, 
that should result in going from uh, 100,000 lawsuits down to 20,000. And if the 80,000 of those lawsuits represent 300 or $400 million, hypothetically speaking, of, of litigation expenses, we should see a proportionate and commensurate reduction in premiums of at least that amount. Would something like that get your support in the abstract as we're talking now? If we had the commitment from the insurance companies that premiums would be reduced in direct proportion to the reduction of litigation costs, absolutely. We spoke with Democratic State Senator Jason Pizzo from Northeast Miami-Dade County last week. The proposed reforms he and his fellow lawmakers will consider this week include changes on attorney fees when suing insurance companies, but the original legislation does not require insurance companies to reduce their rates because of limits on lawyer fees. This is the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. Check out our podcast by searching Sunshine Economy on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to listen to the 9 a.m. hour Tuesday through Friday for the BBC News Hour. Still to come. We oftentimes read that Florida is, is headed towards a collapse in the property market. We're not headed towards a collapse. We're in the midst of one. This is the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening. Jensen Pennock grew up in Canada, but he knew he wanted to be a Floridian since he was a little boy. From the age of like five to ten, my 100% life ambition was to move to a retirement community in Largo, just outside of Clearwater, right? That was all I wanted to do. His grandparents were snowbirds, so that just made sense to him. I'm like, we got shuffleboard, we're in the pool all day, this is great. I'm like, my grandparents here, this is great. That was in the early 1980s. But then, during a visit to his grandparents in 1984... The Flamingos, the Windsurfer, High Lie. I don't know what time my bedtime was, but I know it was late enough for my grandfather and I to be in the living room and I caught the opening montage to Miami Vice, like just like the opening credits. The sweeping views of Biscayne Bay and the Magic City. And I was like, where is that magical place? Pennock eventually moved to South Florida in 2011. He's had a condominium in Coconut Grove since 2016. He actually owns two condominiums in a small building with four units. He's the president of the Small Condominium Association. And in April, he received the renewal notice for the building's insurance. I'm looking at the email that I sent to my agent saying, you know, on the citizen's invoice, it looks like our policy is up 26% from last year. Citizens is the state taxpayer-backed insurance company of last resort. Under state law, it's limited to raising its rates by no more than 11%. But that does not include the impact of inflation on replacement costs. So that's why Penex condominium building insurance jumped 26% in one year. It's not such a gigantic material increase, but if you do this year over year, it, it's going to catch up for sure. Florida lawmakers are meeting this week in hopes of crafting reforms they think will slow down the exponential price increases for home insurance and homeowners losing coverage as their insurance companies stop covering them, leave the state, or go out of business. Tens of thousands of homeowners and their insurance agents are left scrambling to find a company to take on the risk. We oftentimes read that Florida is, is headed towards a collapse in the property market. 
We're not headed towards a collapse. We're in the midst of one. B.G. Murphy is the Director of Government Affairs for the Florida Association of Insurance Agents. How much more expensive is Florida homeowners insurance compared to states with similar risks? About two years ago, that disparity was just, just south of $700 more expensive for our neighboring Gulf states, hurricane-prone states in, in Alabama and Georgia. But as we've moved in today, that, that number is anywhere from $900 more to 1000 that that Florida consumers are paying than our friends in our neighboring states. And what makes up for that almost $1,000 difference of more expensive Florida homeowners insurance? We see a couple of things that contribute to that, the cost of reinsurance. Um, there are global implications on the cost of reinsurance, but equally important, the state has no uh, regulatory authority over them. So as we see some of these factors that are driving the cost of reinsurance go up, the market just has to take what they can get. The other side of it, I'll tell you, is 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 what, what I would call social inflation. And what I mean by that are, are cost drivers that are impacting the system that that we have um, allowed to go on for a long time. We talk about frivolous lawsuits. We talk about the frequency and severity of non-catastrophic claims. And then, you know, today's economy with inflation, the increased cost of, of building uh, materials that, that lead into replacement costs in the event someone does have a loss. And so those are kind of the two buckets of things that, that we would say that are driving the cost of insurance. And those two buckets lawmakers and regulators in Florida really don't have any control over, no control over the reinsurance market, and certainly no control over the cost of drywall or lumber. That's right. But, but there's things that we as a state can do to try to address some of the other cost drivers. As you look at Florida's litigation data and you see that, you know, in 2021, Florida had well over 100,000 litigated property insurance lawsuits yet the national state average is 900. It just makes you step back and kind of think, are Florida insurers really getting it wrong that much more than every other state? Or is there a litigation issue? And I think the data clearly points to the latter that our state's laws and statutory and common law have incentivized litigation for far too long. And I'll tell you, just look back historically as the legislature has looked at these various issues, whether it be AOB or sinkhole or something else. You know, anytime it starts to look real, anytime the legislature takes action, you'll always see kind of a little dip, you know, we'll, we'll make some adjustments and then the, the numbers go right back up. But even if we cut Florida's lawsuits in half down to 50,000 plus, we are still far and above you know, every other state in the U.S. Um, and, and while we like to be number one in a lot of categories, I don't think that's one that we need to be. So why do you think Florida has been unable to address skyrocketing insurance premiums? Florida is a, it's an interesting state. We're a peninsula state. We are very catastrophic prone. How do we ensure that we continue to give consumers the ability to seek recourse in the event that they have a legitimate claim, because those do happen. Um, you know, there are times where companies may not get the claims handling process completely right. And in those instances, consumers need to have the ability to go after what they're owed. So it's playing that, that delicate dance of we have to stop this problem. 
but we have to make sure that what we do does not disincentivize those consumers from bringing legitimate complaints forward um, if they were wrongfully denied or, or underpaid on a claim. That's B.G. Murphy with the Florida Association of Insurance Agents. Now, Florida is incredibly litigious when it comes to home property insurance claims. Three out of every four filed nationwide are filed here in Florida. 75% of every home insurance claim lawsuit in America is in Florida. And there are some prolific lawyers. One, Anthony Lopez in Miami, has filed more cases than any other attorney in the state this year. His Instagram feed includes photos of him traveling with his family, a private plane, and checks of hundreds of thousands of dollars he claims are settlements from insurance companies. And in an only-in-Miami detail, he's engaged to a Real Housewives of Miami cast member. You're listening to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Still to come, there's no place to hide from the home insurance crisis. Nobody's immune from this. It's happening everywhere. That's why they're calling it a crisis. I'm calling it a perfect storm. It's a really difficult situation. I'm Tom Hudson. This is the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. Thanks for listening. This week, Florida lawmakers returned to Tallahassee for several days. It's a special session focused on trying to fix the state's home insurance market. Prices have skyrocketed, companies are reducing coverage, leaving the state, and some have even gone out of business. It's adding pressure to the already high cost of living in Florida with red-hot home prices and soaring rent increases. Cassandra Esperant works as a pharmacist. She was able to buy a two-bedroom, two-bath townhouse in Sunrise last summer. As a millennial, as you know, it's a challenge to try to find a property. So I finally purchased a property within the price range that I wanted to. It was well below what I qualified, but I am kind of have like an investor mindset. So that's the reason why I didn't want to go, you know, and spend as much because I wanted to, you know, live within my means and purchasing was a better idea than renting due to the cost of living down here. She took out a mortgage and needed property insurance. Like an increasing number of South Floridians, she had one choice. The living down here in South Florida is a challenge to try to find an insurance company to cover your home. And I had to, you know, settle for citizens. The insurer of last resort, Citizens Insurance, is growing again. Like its name suggests, Citizens is backed by state taxpayers. It's not a private company where investors and shareholders would be on the hook. For citizens, it's Florida taxpayers. Esperance premium is about $2,500 for property and hurricane coverage for the year. I paid for the year, so I would have to renew again in, in August, which I'm kind of, you know, I don't know what's gonna, what I'm going to face at that point. By law, citizens can raise its premium 11% for both regular condominium insurance and hurricane insurance. The high inflation rate, though, could push her renewal rate even higher. I did purchase something well below my means. Look, I could have probably afforded something more, so it's it's not a really an issue. But still, like our salaries are not going up, but then our expenses are going up. So it, it's not balancing. Nobody's immune from this. It's happening everywhere. That's why they're calling it a crisis. This is Nancy Dominguez. She's the managing director of the Florida Association of Public Insurance Adjusters. I'm calling it a perfect storm. Uh, it's just, it's a really difficult situation. A public insurance adjuster can be hired by a homeowner to get an independent assessment of damage and help settle a claim with their insurance company. Public adjusters are licensed by the state of Florida. How do you diagnose what's wrong with the Florida homeowner's insurance market today? 
I would say that it's a perfect storm. It's not just one thing. It's a variety of things, including reinsurance rates going through the roof, unchecked fraud has been going on for way too many years in Florida. Um, we've got uh, lax enforcement, unfortunately. And one of the most important things that not a lot of folks are talking about is the fact that inflation and supply chain issues are causing a dramatic 40-year increase in construction materials and also in labor. And that's having a big impact on what insurance companies are having to pay out on claims. How do you think the public adjuster role has contributed, if anything, to the perfect storm regarding particularly delay in claims, regarding assignment of benefits, uh, regarding other types of contributing factors that some lawmakers have pointed to for this perfect storm? Public insurance adjusters don't cost an insurance company by, by, by way of them um, doing their job, don't cost insurance companies anything because the, the policyholder pays for the public insurance adjusters. Well, it does cost the insurance company in terms of perhaps a increased claim amount. Correct. The role of a public adjuster is to make sure that the claim is paid fully and fairly. The truth of the matter is that we don't uh, get people anything more than what they were entitled to. So blaming a, a, an industry on getting policyholders paid what they're owed is not really, I mean, it's an easy way to put the blame, right? Are we, are we trying to find blame right now? Or can we actually try to find solutions to the problem? Because there are a lot of parties that can be blamed. There are bad actors in the public adjusting industry. There's bad actors in the legal industry, political Doctors, any industry you point to has bad actors, and we believe that the lax enforcement has actually gone in that direction as well. Get rid of the bad actors. I don't care if they're public adjusters, attorneys, contractors, roofers, whoever they are. Those are the folks that are damaging the industry. Are there legitimate practices today regarding public adjusters that you see an opportunity for reform that could potentially affect ultimately what homeowners are paying in terms of insurance premiums? I don't think that the focus really should be on public adjusters because they're not the primary cause of this problem. I don't even see them as, as an industry, as, as the cause of the problem. What should the priority be from your perspective as lawmakers try to answer the call for reform in the home insurance market? One of the things that they can start looking at is uh, creating increased access to the hurricane uh, catastrophe fund, which would decrease rate pressure for policyholders and insurers alike. So this would allow private insurers to have more of a financial backstop from Florida taxpayers and other Florida insurance customers that pay into this catastrophic fund. That's correct. And, and one of the things that is causing such a rate pressure increase is the cost of offshore reinsurance. Insurance for insurance companies. That's correct. One of the single largest impacts that is happening on the uh, rate pressure of Floridians right now is the increased cost of reinsurance. That along with the inflation and construction costs are huge. And I know that a lot of finger pointing is going on in different directions. It's the attorneys, it's the this, it's the roofers. The truth is that there is fraud going on. They need to attack that fraud and they shouldn't put the solutions or any solutions that might come about during this special session 
exclusively on the backs of the policyholders that are paying for these policies. Nancy Dominguez is with the Florida Association of Public Insurance Adjusters. One more challenge she mentions is what she calls shrinkflation, the trend over the years of insurance policies reducing coverage or creating exclusions, such as mold, screen enclosures, and more recently, older roofs. Dramatic decreases in policy coverage have taken place over the last two decades, at least, and we haven't seen any any kind of resulting or, or uh, <laughs> decreases in anybody's premium. At least I haven't seen any decreases in anybody's premium. And uh, yeah, I, I just don't see that, that additional decreases are going to do the, the, the trick. One reform proposal considered by lawmakers this week would allow insurance companies to offer policies with a deductible specifically for roofs. It would not apply if a roof is damaged by a hurricane or falling tree. The hope is having homeowners shoulder more risk for roofs will keep premiums down. You're listening to the Sunshine Economy here on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Still to come. Florida's going to have high rates, period. We're not going to be the lowest insurance rate in the country. We're just not. I'm Tom Hudson. This is the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. Thanks for listening and supporting public media. 2008 was a relatively quiet hurricane season for Florida. Only Tropical Storm Fay made a direct hit. But the state was still reeling from a few years earlier when more than a half dozen storms, including several major hurricanes, caused billions of dollars of property damage. In the aftermath of that, Sean Shaw became Florida's insurance consumer advocate, a position that is, quote, committed to finding solutions to insurance issues facing Floridians, according to its state website. Shaw served for two years before being elected as a Democrat to the Florida House for one term. He's also a lawyer who's represented policyholders in lawsuits against insurance companies. Do you think the state's insurance consumer advocate role has failed Florida homeowners? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I might argue that the CFO is the more, chief financial officer. The chief financial officer is more to blame for where we are right now because that person has much more regulatory authority and power. The insurance consumer advocate is essentially just what the title says. It's meant to advocate on behalf of consumers, the chief financial officer, who the insurance commissioner is. They have power over that. They have power over insurance agents and the insurance market in whole is under the uh, auspices of that office. So I would say they have a lot more sway. Here in Florida, the, we've been talking about property insurance rates for decades, about how high they are. We've had various special sessions on them. Uh, the legislature's tried to do things, and for some reason, it, it never sticks. Um, and so this is a problem that is one that has existed for a while in Florida. So I, I don't mean to cast blame on one person or one office. This is something that's existed for a long time. But just as we sit here today, um, I just don't think we've done enough to, one, protect the consumer, and two, to keep rates where they need to be. So what reform priorities would you have for state lawmakers as they go into this special legislative session, given your previous role, your experience as the consumer advocate for insurance? I would certainly like to see a requirement that somebody may not maybe not the entire public but someone gets to see 
the books of insurance companies, right? You mean the financial statements of insurance companies? Yes. Well, the Florida Office of Insurance Regulation requires financial disclosure. Yeah, but there are certain parts that aren't as public and easily viewable. And I, I do think the legislature ought to be able to know whether these companies are profitable or not and how profitable they actually are. So which parts would you like to see that you think that somehow the insurance companies are not showing regulators? I, I didn't say regulators. I said legislators. Legislators. Well, you'd like, you expect the legislators to go through the financial statements? I think they should have the ability not to go page by page. I just think there's more information the legislature ought to be able to have. If an insurance company says we've made X amount of money this year, I would like to see some laws that allow a little bit of transparency to get and make sure that number is accurate. I don't think currently there is enough ability for those making the laws to get to that number. You got to take it at face value sometimes, a lot of these things. The Florida Office of Insurance Regulation has done studies, and you've seen this study, I suspect, or at least heard about it, Sean, where uh, the United States, right, nationwide, the enormous majority of property insurance claims lawsuits are filed in Florida. Like over 70% of all insurance claims about property insurance in the United States are filed here in Florida, whereas the number of claims are like less than 10%. So do you see that as perhaps a contributing factor? I do. And and you'd probably be surprised to hear me say that considering I used to be one of those types of lawyers. <laughs> Meaning those that were I was a lawyer that I was a plaintiff lawyer that that represented consumers against property insurance companies. And so I that is a contributing factor. I'm not saying it's the largest one. I bet insurance companies and myself would argue about how big of a factor that is, but clearly that type of number speaks for itself. But I would also just say, as someone who practiced this type of law, you know, there's bad lawyers, there's bad insurance companies. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about in general. Folks don't want to sue about insurance claims. People don't want to do it. And usually by the time you got to my office, you had tried to talk to the insurance company, you had tried to deal with it, you had tried to work with them. Uh, And it had been a month long process, either that you hadn't gotten any response at all, or they were offering you so little money that you couldn't repair what was broken. I didn't have people come into my office the first day something happened and say, hey, I'm ready to sue my insurance company. It's not how it really works out there. People get so mad that then they have to go get a lawyer and do something with the insurance company because they feel like they've been treated unfairly. If you don't see this litigation challenge as the uh, priority about reform, during this special session, as those the insurance area are claiming, what are the priorities? I think this would be one of the factors. I think, you know, I've, I've heard this time it's, it's roof claims that people are saying are the issue. So uh, if you have to do a little something about that, perhaps that. I think there's a lot of little things you could do to help, right? But the, the sweet spot that you've got to hit that Tallahassee rarely hits is that you don't just go to Tallahassee, have a special session, do everything to help insurance companies and then say, okay, we fixed the problem because they told us that's what needed to be done. You've got to do this in a way that, you know, the insurance companies need relief in certain areas, fine, but you cannot provide all that relief on the backs of consumers. With these tweaks, Sean, do you think they can add up to an environment that we don't see significant exponential year-over-year premium rate requests? 
I believe so. I, I believe so. I mean, we did it before, right? But they just they they've crept back up. Um, and so, <laughs> so some would say that they have accelerated, not just crept, yeah. right? Yeah. No, I hear you. And, and if you follow this, this is a pattern, right? They they go down and then they skyrocket back up and they go back down a little bit. I, I think these t- these types of of small changes can uh, add up. In fact, they do. Florida's gonna have high rates, period. But it's just we need to get this under control. Like we're not going to be the lowest insurance rate in the country. We're just not. We're Florida. We're surrounded by water and we have hurricanes. That's a lot of risk. But we don't need to be the number one insurance premium state year after year after year. We've got to do something to get it under control. Sean Shaw was Florida's insurance consumer advocate from 2008 until 2010. You can find a podcast of this program and all of our programs by searching Sunshine Economy on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to leave a review and hit subscribe. Joe Johnson is our technical director. Polly Landis is our booking producer. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening. WLRN Public Media.